0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dawson and Deshaun podcast. It is at this very moment, Tuesday, November 24th, 6.52 in the p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the only legitimate time zone. My name is Rob Doster. I'm here with the one and only Deshaun Butler, former West Virginia All-American, former NBA player, longtime overseas pro, and now my podcast partner, Deshaun. How you doing, <laughs> man? Are you Are you fired up for basketball? We're just, you know, 18 hours away from the season starting. I'm doing well, man. And I'm very excited. I'm pretty
1: sure just like everybody else, I just can't wait for college basketball to get going and get started, man. I just want to see some good basketball, man.
0: Yeah. I just want to see basketball. Appear, exactly. <laughs> at, this, at this rate, I'm half expecting the entire season to, uh, to just be canceled and just have the entire year be nothing but a string of games that are canceled by people popping up with a uh, positive coronavirus tests. Um, you know, so what do you do? How's, how's Thanksgiving for you, man? I, I'm, I'm, Thanksgiving is my legitimate favorite holiday for two reasons. One, you can just sit there and stuff your face and eat as much as you want and drink as much as you want. And nobody can say anything to you. And two, we normally have basketball on literally the entire day. There's nothing I love more than waking up and having like just having to wait until like 11 o'clock to be able to watch Hoops, man. So what do you what do you got in the docket for Thanksgiving? Uh,
1: it's going to be a, a very quiet one due to uh, <laughs> due to everything that's going on. But it'll be, and it's going to be very difficult for it to be too quiet because I have three kids and uh, they're going to be it's all cool. over the place. So exactly, it's never quiet. So me and my wife, her mother, and uh, my three children will be, you know, held up here and we'll watch a little football, and then I'll catch a ton of basketball. So I'm very very excited for. You know Thanksgiving basketball. So. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: that's the exact same thing we're doing. We're gonna have the turkey. We're gonna have the mashed potatoes. We're gonna have the stuffing. We're gonna have the yams. We're gonna have everything. The pies can't forget the pies. Yeah, uh, but we are doing it all in the house by ourselves as a small contained family unit, which is just basically what we've been doing for the last nine months. So exactly, that's it what I'm is. <laughs> it is what it is. Before we get move on any farther, I got to tell tell you guys about. Uh, a brand and apparel company that we have partnered with here is actually a really cool company that I do think uh, the listeners of this podcast and the people that are a fan of this network will enjoy. It is called Homefield Apparel. They are a small uh, apparel brand um, licensed from Indianapolis, and they're actually got the shirt on right here, Deshaun, You know what I like the most about these t-shirts, man? Is that talk to me. There's there's two things that you need to have a good t-shirt, right? You can't have the back be too loose and you got to have the arms like the perfect tightness. And this these these cotton tees, man, are just uh, the absolute best when it comes to that. They fit perfectly. Um, the, the coolest thing about them though, and the reason why I'm 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 really excited to kind of brand with them one is that they're they're small, they're family-owned, they're in Indianapolis, which is kind of a hotbed of college basketball, and they're just really good people that I I I want to associate this this network and this podcast with really good people. So I do like the people that work there. Um, The second part of it is that the way that they develop their t-shirts and their sweatshirts and all their designs is they go through and they mine all of the old logos from all of these different schools from like from power conference schools all the way down to like Grand Valley State and some of these smaller D2 and D3 schools and they find the old logos. And they take those old logos and they put them on the t-shirts and they kind of recreate the designs and reimagine the designs and throw them on the a And it's just, if you're a fan <laughs> of your program and you like kind of these old school brands and these old school logos, like this is the, the absolute perfect company for you. We have Black Friday coming up. We have Christmas coming up. Um, so if this is the kind of thing that you would be interested in, just go to homefieldapparel.com uh, and at checkout, use the field of 68 uh, to be able to get twenty percent off your first purchase, that's field of sixty eight. It's very easy to remember. Just nine nine clicks that you got to make, you'll be able to get twenty percent off. Uh, if you want, they support us. I want I want you guys to go and support them. Um, they're they're a cool brand and a cool company and good people. And, and if I'm trust me, if I'm associating with them, I don't like anybody. If I'm associating with them, <laughs> that means they actually got to be uh, got to be pretty good. So Deshaun, now that we're getting into the meat of this thing. We talk ball on this podcast. There's a lot of news that has come out over the course of the last 48 hours or so that has to do with COVID cancellations, that has to do with positive tests, that has to do with Rick Barnes and Larry Kristoyak and Kermit Davis and Ole Miss getting shut down and Scott Drew getting positive tests and all of these things just kind of blowing up at the start of the season. I don't want to talk about any of that. I can't deal with any more coronavirus nonsense. I can't deal with any more COVID conversation. We talk ball on this podcast. And you know what I need for my old mental sanity, Deshaun? I need to talk Talk to me. I need to talk ball. ball.
1: Let's talk ball. Let's talk
0: ball. So, what I wanted to do on this podcast (laughs) uh, for the people that are listening is kind of go through the top 25, and both of us picked out. Three teams that were, we're really high on comparatively and three teams that we're probably a little bit lower on the consensus. Uh, so, Deshaun, I'm going to open up the floor to you. Why don't we talk about the team that you are highest on, your favorite team in college basketball compared to the AP Top 25? Who are people sleeping on this year?
1: My favorite team, besides my West Virginia Mountaineers, of course.
0: <laughs> you, can't, you can't count them. Man. I can't up, use off the them. Board. I they're promise the you I
1: would use them, but I can't. My favorite team, I actually am really big on Villanova. I'm very, really big on Villanova this year. Um, I like Jay Wright's teams usually, all the time. Uh, They usually, his style of play in general, and obviously we talk about the players. We could get to the players in a second. Just Jay Wright and his style of play, where he usually plays four out, one in, and sometimes five out in in certain points in time. He keeps big forwards, sometimes small forwards, ton of guards, ton of wings, and they they play on the perimeter, and they do a really good job for most of the time. And this year, he has a team that can do that. They bring back, what, eight out of nine of their top scorers this year. They lose Sadiq Bey, which is, you lose a guy like him, that sucks, but at the same time, man, like what? Colin Gillespie, amazing scorer. Um, who else? My guy, what's my guy's name? Uh, J-R-E. Mr. Robinson Earl is a workhorse, and I kind of feel like Robinson Earl being like the consistent foundation for that team is a good look. He's at what? Nine double doubles this year. I mean, excuse me, last season and 16 or what was it? 15 double figure rebound games, 14 or 13 double figure point games. I feel like Gillespie being able to do a ton of the scoring this year, being that Sadiq Bay is gone is going to be good for them being that he'll be the uh, one of the older guys in this, in the team, basically. And but the foundation of the team, I feel, is gonna rest with my guy Robert Sinura. Like he's gonna be the one to do the dirty work. He's gonna be the 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 workhorse for the team. And and obviously the other the rest of the guys, the other seven, they'll they'll come and step in. They had another guy that was like a all-freshman, uh all-freshman honoree, uh Justin Moore. They had another player who I mean, he's just a, another. Group. They just have a really good team. What Jermaine Samuels, I'm just, literally, it's my, it's slipped my mind. Another good player. Just they, they do a really good job of doing what they could do. And Robinson Earl and Sanders do a really good job of playing well, well with one another as well. So, like, it's I'm looking forward to watching Villanova play.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm big on them too. Do you have them number one over uh, over Gonzaga and Baylor?
1: I don't know if I have them number one over Baylor, just for the simple fact that you can't you can't duplicate that chemistry as granted. They have set, they have eight guys coming back from the same, like, t- uh, you know, similar scenarios with Baylor. Baylor just shows you like how, how good they can be when they gave you a taste of the 23 winning streak last year. Like it's like the, obviously with the coach and the, the players coming back and just what, what vital brings defensively and what Butler brings offensively. And they have another player on their team, uh, uh, forgive me. <laughs> uh, what is it? Not Missio, but uh, Davion. Davion is another defensive player. It's like vital. So like, it's a monster. It's, he's a Davion monster, and you know, best
0: defender in the country, man. He is a monster.
1: I feel like he's he's up there. You know, he's not a uh, he's not uh, a <laughs> Marcus Garrett, but uh, to me, yeah, but he's up true, there. True.
0: True, but true, true.
1: Uh, I feel like when you have like a guy like Vital in the who can guard basically. Some twos, I would say, but mostly like, like what three to four, I feel like I don't can guard anywhere, but uh mm-hmm. and you have you have my guy uh Davion Mitchell, who can guard that perimeter very well, like you defensively you got a team that can lock up on on all facets of the court, and then you still got Butler that's out there that's gonna give you those points. I mean if looking at Butler's stats from his freshman year and then seeing him shoot like at basically three point three three pointers a game to his his attempts from from beyond the arc and make a higher percentage of them that team's coming back this year so you know yep. i love villanova i think i personally think they're going to win the big east i personally think that once they get into the tournament with that roster that they have they can definitely do sweet 16 elite eight even a little bit further depending on how to do, you know the how everything's drawn but man <laughs> baylor is uh i kind of feel like baylor's a different animal
0: so. No, I, I think I figured this out. I, I think I know why you like Baylor more. I know that you played in the Big East, but West Virginia's in the Big 12 now. And as the resident West Virginia homer on this podcast, you're obviously going with the team from the Big 12. That's what I it is. Think, I, I figured it I don't out. Like I like how you try to out. use the
1: detective, the I figured the detective it out, man. thing you got going on right now. I, I
0: figured this. it out. I'm, working. I'm on, you. <laughs> you, I'm on you. Oh, it, it's either that or Jared Butler and Deshaun Butler are actually somehow related. I, I, I doubt we are, but
1: once again, you have to side with two good ideas. Like you just, you just presented, man. I'm telling you, I just, yeah, so feel, I just feel like that's a good group of guys to go with. And if the Mountaineers do beat Baylor, it just strengthens what I've been telling you about the Mountaineers. <laughs> so this is all, this is all backup for later it's on. All, it's year. all coming first circle, it's, man. It's, it's a full circle, a circle. It's a full circle argument right now. Um,
0: so, yeah, I, I mean, I love Villanova, man. I got them. I got them number one. Uh, and, The reason why is is everything you just mentioned. They got an All-American point guard in Colin Gillespie. They got an All-American big man in Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And they got like 17 dudes that are somewhere between 6'4 and 6'7 that can play the wing for them in in the role that you just expect Villanova teams to be able to have on the wing. Justin Moore is one of the most underrated freshmen in the country last season. He's back. They got uh, Jermaine Samuels, who was just like – like he just brings everything together for him. That kind of glue guy. He's back. They got a kid named Caleb Daniels. That's going to be eligible a transfer from Tulane. And he's, he's a monster too. When he committed to Villanova, I got a text from somebody on that Tulane staff that just said, Villanova just got an NBA player. So that tells you what they think of how good is going to end up being. And like, this is all we haven't even mentioned Brian Antoine. And I know that he's injured the the former five-star guy um hopefully he can get back healthy uh he he hurt that shoulder again man when you got a bad shoulder no that's that's not a tough man
1: thing. that's that's shooting that's all that movement not to mention the contact you're going to get like you re- you don't realize how much yep. how much contact you receive when you're when it, when you have a shoulder injury man that's majority of the game is people on your side so
0: yeah it's it's, it's not tough. good um jay Wright has already said he doesn't know he expects him to be out for a little while so hopefully he can get back soon get back healthy because I mean, that's – you're a five-star freshman coming in, man. It should tell you about how good uh, how good of a player he ends up being. Now, um, Gonzaga also deserves to be right there in that conversation. And the interesting thing about Gonzaga is they just uh, got news today that Andrew Nemhard, who was the starting point guard at Florida last season, is going to be eligible, which means that now there are situations where you could legitimately have four pros – Four guards that are going to be pros in their backcourt: Jalen Suggs, Joelyae, Andrew Nemhard, and Corey Kispert. Now you put those four guys out there with Kispert at the four, Andrew Timmy at the five, who I think is going to be like he might even be the best player or at least have the best stats on Gonzaga in that season. Like that team is so good; they are they are the hardest team for me to like poke a hole in. You know, when you when, with Baylor, you can kind of say, okay, well, look. Jared Butler's really the only guy that can get buckets. So what happens if you have someone that can kind of slow him down you know blah 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 whatever You look at Villanova you can say, well, you know Colin Gillespie is, is, is not really the best athlete and you know they don't really have kind of the size up front outside of Jeremiah Robinson Earl and we're kind of betting on this freshman blah blah whatever like there's there's ways to kind of poke holes in Villanova a little bit. I don't think there's ways to poke holes in this Gonzaga team. Like where I, I don't see any flaws. I don't see what's wrong with them. Besides Jalen Suggs.
1: As a freshman, I feel like. I feel like it's very difficult for many freshmen to just come in right away. I mean, this team mm-hmm. is going to be interesting because what they bring. Did they bring four guys back out of their top eight? Like there was like a drop off in minutes. That was crazy for the rest of their team. Like, so I think the lowest for The guys that played a ton of minutes, the lowest amount of minutes was I think 14, and then after mm-hmm. that, it was like four minutes, two minutes, one minute, zero minutes. So you got four guys that contribute a ton of minutes. I think another four guys that really didn't play as much, and then you added those two transfers Cook, who's really good at Southern Illinois, uh, Sulla, Illinois, um, and yeah, like you said, Nimhart, who's a, who's mm-hmm. also a good player as well in his own right. I feel like the, the, the style that he seemed to have played last year, not the style, but more or less like the way he did his minutes and and how he had – he plays within like seven or eight guys regardless. And that means there's a lot of freshmen that are going to have a ton of minutes. I would say, what, two, three? Two, yeah, two at least. Two at least. two. Yep. I don't even count – Suggs as a stud. And I feel like Suggs is going to be really good. I got a chance to watch a lot of Suggs, and I was uh, very impressed. I kind of feel like he's put in a great position – because Gilles, uh what do you call it? No, excuse me. <laughs> um The shooter. I uh, just said his name. You just Corey Cor
0: kisper Cor give kisper Here we go.
1: kisper Chrisper. He he's a great shooter. Forty-three percent from three. Great shooter. Great coming off a of pick and roll, getting to the mid range, finding his floater. I enjoy like I enjoy watching him play a little bit, but I feel like Suggs brings that. You give me the ball with the shot clock coming down, I can get you a bucket. Like yep. watching Suggs be able to put the ball on the floor and get to a bucket. Watching him being able to catch and shoot, and he's he can fly. Like and he's he's a hell of a talent, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. hell of a talent. So,
0: yeah, so the, I, I think it's
1: like a good match for that team yep. for him,
0: especially because he's coming in at the point and he has two guys that are point guards basically, and Joella Yai and Andrew Nemhart to kind of help him with. Some of the playmaking and and kind of point guard duties, he can kind of focus on being uh, the ball handler, playmaker, go out, get a bucket, you know, so that takes some of the pressure off of him. Uh, So my team, my number one team that I think is the most underrated team in college basketball is Tennessee. They are, to me, absolutely loaded. We got, a, we got another guest here, Deshaun. Hey, don't worry about it. Trust me, you're you're pushing <laughs> to the
1: choir, brother. The kids are always
0: um, I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm gonna end up cutting that out of the podcast. I might just leave it in anyway. Leave it in there. Yeah, go ahead. So, <laughs> so 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 Tennessee, right? Keon Keon Johnson, I think, has a chance to end up being a top five pick in this year's draft. Just an absolute stud. I feel like not enough people are talking about him. Keon and Jaden Springer are both five-star freshmen. Big, athletic wings that can go out and get you a bucket, right? So they got that covered. Uh, They got Josiah Jordan James coming back, who's going to be a sophomore. He was a five-star recruit last season. Some people thought he had a chance to end up being a one-and-done. They got Santiago Vescovi coming back after, um, uh, after his freshman year. Now, the thing with him as a freshman, like, he turned the ball over so much when he stepped in as a starting point guard. But how about this, man? He... He, he got there in the middle of, uh, of the semesters, right? He landed on like a Friday from Uruguay. That's yeah. Saturday. He was in the starting lineup in an SEC <laughs> game because their starting point guard Lamont Turner hurt his shoulder and was out. So like you got a guy coming from another country and landing and jumping straight into the starting lineup in the SEC. Like that ain't easy that's to not do. Easy. So he, that's a hell of a way
1: to accept the challenge.
0: Right, so like he can only get better. They got a kid named Eves Ponce, who's the best defender in college basketball, in my mind. Okay. He can play, he can guard twos, threes, fours, fives. He he gives Tennessee that line of versatility. And John Fulkerson was the best big in the SEC for the last month of last season. And and I'm not supposed to know this. No one's supposed to know this. So like this is going to stay right. here between us. No one else. No one else knows about this, right, Deshaun? Yeah. Victor Bailey is averaging like 32 points in the team scrimmages that uh, that Tennessee has had. Average? It. It's averaging like 30 points in their scrimmages. So all that said, Tennessee's got everything. They got a point guard. They got athletic wings. They got guys that are old. They got guys that are young. They got future NBA players. Like, they're awesome. Like They're going to be a top 10 team. I think they're the best team in the SEC. I'm all in on Tennessee. And I'm not going to lie. I might have them on a, on a future at 35 to 1 to win a national title this year. I might. I'm just saying. I might. I yeah. Might. Really? Yeah. I'm all in on them, man. All in on a national championship. Yeah. I think they can do it. They got everything you need. They got That's pros. It. They got point guards. They can defend. i remember that. Yeah. i remember. remember that. <laughs> so- R- write, write that one down. I want you to remember. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> so when, when they're cutting down the nets, what are you, you going to remember it too? No, probably not.
1: <laughs> probably not. I'll leave you alone then. Cause you were right. right.
0: But I can't. All right. Give me your second team that you think is, uh, is underrated second team that you're all in on underrated.
1: See, that's the thing about underrated. I don't know. Like, ah, I hate to burn your bridge here with the don't bring it up, but I can't help but think that my Mountaineers are underrated. I just can't Fair. help. Fair. Like it's all right. I've 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 sat and listened to you talk to me about us throwing the ball up against their backboard <laughs> and rebounding as our best offense. And when is rebounding, not a good offense. So we're just going to take that as a positive right now. <laughs> but um, the thing about, the thing about Bob Huggins programs that a lot of people don't realize is it's very difficult for freshmen and junior college guys to come in and adapt to what we're doing, what we do here at West Virginia university. So when you get these guys that come in from different, different places and they get there, they got to get a, adjusted to the defensive style the plays, everything else, and it's just the style of play that Coach Huggins just like implements to them. After a year, usually these individuals, sometimes even halfway through the year, these indiv- the individuals start to you know come around. Now, toward the end of the season last year, I felt that West Virginia was starting to come around a little bit as far as doing a better job in our half court defense, doing a better job scoring the basketball. A couple guys started making some uh, some more shots and making uh, having some big games. I and mean, then Matthews being one of the guys. Oscar was becoming a little bit more consistent toward the end of the year. Like, I'm very excited to see where West Virginia ends up this year um, with our junior college transfers, um, Taz uh, Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil, who are mind you were like top five scorers in junior college, coming in to WVU a year adjusted knowing what they can and can't do. I'm very excited for these guys to show what they can do as far as shooting, because that's where we usually lack in shooting. And obviously Isaiah Cottrell, a big with a little bit of touch, which is something we definitely we desperately missed. We had a, we got some very strong big men who are going to go out there and uh, rebound, Oscar Shibwe, Derek Culver. But having another big that can step out, make a jump shot from time to time, to help space the court out, to space the court out because we need that in our on our team. I feel like West Virginia ranked 15th right now will that can change soon.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you, especially if Miles McBride like takes a takes a step and ends up being like a more consistent. You know, I feel like last year he would either go for like twenty five yeah. or he would he would go like two for twelve, you know. And if we can get yeah. to that point where you you don't have that like the that big of a as big of a gap between like when he goes off and when he doesn't, then I think that's absolutely a different ma- difference maker for him, and it just kind of raises the floor of what they can be as a team. And you know, everybody the the, be, the, the saying is the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores, exactly. and if he kind of takes that jump as a sophomore um, and big sheep too. By the way, like we got to make that happen as a nickname, big sheep does he have a nickname what's his nickname Not yet. he needs one he needs one man big sheep can you help me make this happen like you are the you are the best person situated to be able to make the nickname big sheep happen all right you gotta help me with this i'll see what i can do
1: The kid they I hate to say it, the kids, uh, I'm 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 the old guy. I can't show up as the old guy, start giving out nicknames. The kids I leave, the kids are like, You believe this dude? Like, who does he think? It's a it's a whole ordeal. Day so.
0: Butler, I never even heard of him, man. I haven't heard of this guy. Who's this dude?
1: I'm up for the Car Malone Award. You know, who's this guy trying to give me a
0: nickname? Yeah, there you go. Now nah, but right.
1: to your point about uh the deuce miles, uh honestly, that's a great point. But I feel those games where, you know, the inconsistencies came in. Those are also games where teams, because Deuce is, this is, uh, I, I want to believe his last year was his first year, really getting adjusted to the point guard position. He was he usually played a lot off ball and he ended up having to play a lot of point guard. And those games were games where people jumped him this, uh, mm-hmm. this past summer him working with their new grad assistant, Jawan Staten, who was an all American at WU point guard, who's been drilling him and like crazy all summer. And you know, working him uh, throughout the uh, preseason and getting him ready for this season. I I have nothing but high hopes for uh, my Guy-Miles. I think he's going to be great.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he ends up, if, if he's awesome, if he's an all-Big 12 caliber player, then I think that West Virginia, you're absolutely right, is going to be underrated. All right, second team on my list. It's going to be weird, and it's not going to sound right, and it's a team that we never, ever underrate heading into the season. But I think Duke is underrated this year. I, I feel like there is a definitive lack of hype for how good that team could end up being. And there's two reasons why I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit higher on them than I normally would be. One of them is that they bring back two five stars and Wendell Moore and yeah, Matthew hurt. Wendell. And, and Wendell's good. I, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of Wendell Moore. I think he's going to be like a breakout player this year. Matthew hurt. Like it all depends. Is he going to be able to guard? Like if he, if he can be something better than an embarrassment defensively, then they got a chance to be really good. Because like that, the one thing you know about him is he's going to be able to get you a bucket, right? So you got those two, two guys coming back to kind of like anchor things, which is not something you always see with Duke, especially guys that are as talented as those two. Um, I love the freshman class they got coming in. I think DJ Stewart is just a walking bucket. I really like the the intangibles that, that Jeremy Roach brings at the point guard position. Um, and Jalen Johnson, to me, has a chance to be a top five pick. But I think what's most important is that Jalen Johnson's ability to handle the ball at the four and to kind of be a playmaker, especially in transition, will take a lot of pressure off of Jeremy Roach, the same way that Andrew Nemhart and Joel Ayayi are going to take some pressure off of uh, Jalen Suggs at the point for Gonzaga. And when you have that, like, the the biggest concern is always going to be, like, freshman point guard and how they adjust to the college ranks because it's never easy to, like... When you're when you're a wing and all you're being asked to do is to make open threes and get out there and guard, like you can, Different. like you can do that when you're when you're a freshman, right? when you're just kind of asked to go out there and do a job, it's one thing. When you're asked to go out there and run the show as a freshman, that's never easy to do. So having somebody out there that can kind of take some of that playmaking responsibility off of your plate, I think, is a big thing. So uh, I, 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 look, you have given me. Got five stars that are coming back. You're giving me a top five pick in that like Jason Tatum. Um, I'm not saying that they're going to be the same kind of players because yeah. they're very different, <laughs> but like, a, a, but like in in that kind of like big four role like th- that Jason Tatum played, that Justice Winslow played, that Brandon Ingram played, which is kind of like what what Jabari Parker played. Like Coach K's had a lot of success with guys that can kind of fit that mold. And I think that Jalen Johnson can fit that mold and he could do it as a playmaker. That's going to take pressure, off of the point guard. It just, it feels like this is a team that can win the ACC and that can win a national title. And, and like, no one is talking about them at all. Like we have, I, I, I swear, I haven't heard one person like ask me a question about Duke heading into the season. It's been about Baylor, Gonzaga and Villanova, and about teams that I think are underrated. Like I never had, I haven't had someone ask me about Duke and it just, it's weird. To be in a situation where that's that's the truth, so I, I think Duke is underrated.
1: I'm not a Duke fan, so I can't, <laughs> <laughs> can't answer. Can't help you with that one. I would pick them to be the worst team every time. I just don't. Know. <laughs>
0: so. All right, give me your uh,
1: give me your last
0: underrated team.
1: Last underrated team. Mm, if I had to say. I might have to go with Arizona State. I love Bobby Hurley. I like Arizona State, Raymond Martin. I'm expecting to see big things. I saw a little bit of last year and obviously it came out of nowhere, but I'm expecting to see big things from them this year, personally. I think that I won't go this go as far as to say Steph Curry s because that's far and off. Like he's not that, but he's very, he's very talented scorer. He does he, I would like to see him involve people a little bit more but I feel <laughs> like, like a little bit more like
0: Tom I mean Street. that's the thing about Remy right times you want three. Remy to play for Arizona State and not Remy Martin to play just for Remy Martin He also yeah, has exactly, the best like, name in all of college basketball like, Le- guys, that's You could a get great him, name.
1: If you can get him to involve people times 3 he like mm-hmm. I feel like that team would be a nice uh, a nice team to follow up the what is it there 16th or no, actually, like, 18th or 19th ranking.
0: Yep. I, I I do like them. Um, I think that they're definitely one of those teams that, like, are going to win games that you would not expect them to win, and they're also going to lose, like, to Washington State at home every once in a while just because, like, that. I feel like that's what Bobby Hurley teams always do, right? Like, they'll go out and they'll beat Kansas when Kansas is the number one team in the country, and they'll go and lose, like, eight out of the next ten games. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I mean, the talent is it like the, the five star kid they got coming in, Josh Christopher, like he could really play. Um, I think that he is uh, another one of these guys, though, that is he, he's like he's a bucket getter. And when you have too many guys on that roster, I mean, you know this, man. When you have too many guys on a roster where everyone is looking to score, there's going to be nice when everything is clicking. And you're going to be running people out of the gym. And there's going to be nights where it just doesn't work. And so I'm curious to see how that all kind of plays out. But the talent is there. So my last underrated team is the Houston Cougars. And let me explain to you why. First and foremost, Kelvin Sampson might be the best coach in the the country that nobody calls the best coach in the country. Right? Like That dude just always has his teams ready to guard and ready to execute offensively. I know that they lost Nate Hinton, but without Nate Hinton there, I do think that it opens up the floor more for Caleb Mills to get on the court. And, like, Caleb Mills, like, I don't know how much you've seen him play. Not much. On, That's what I was wondering. <laughs> that dude, that dude is just, like, he's a walking bucket. I think he averaged 13 points a game in 20 minutes last year coming off of the bench. So, like, those are my kind of guys <laughs> that can just come in and just do nothing but get fill it up. Yeah. So, like, they got a, they got a ton of guards. I guess they got Quentin Grimes um, is eligible there. And he didn't have a great uh, season last year um, in his first year eligible with Houston after transfer from Kansas. But I mean, he's still, he's still good. You know, he's still a guy that's a, that was a five-star prospect, you know. Uh, and Marcus Sasser, another freshman uh, that's coming or another guy that's going to be a sophomore is really good. The big thing with me is they lost, um, I'm blanking on his name, Fabian White. Uh, I think it was Fabian White that tore his ACL. So they don't have as much size inside mm-hmm. as I would have liked, uh, which is which is a bit of a concern. But when you have if you're going to give me the four guards that they have and you're going to give me Kelvin Sampson, I'm going to ride with that team every single time. Um, and it feels like, again, to me, like they're they're close to that, like top 10 range. And for the most part, I've seen them rank kind of in like the late teens, early 20s type deal.
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Underrated, though. Mm. I don't want to jump out the window. I'm not going to jump out the window.
0: I know my exactly underrated seen, teams though. are good picks. I I know my, my underrated teams are good picks When every time every single one of them. You've been like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. know about I said. That one.
1: I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna judge. I'm just I'm just gonna sit back and wait. That's all I can do with some of these picks that you've given you've given me. But then again, I've given you like the top three teams as underrated. So... <laughs> and you're and you're and, <laughs> and you alma mater. And my alma mater. So you know, I mean I can't I can't knock you. I feel like if you're not number one, you're underrated. So
0: all right, so uh, so so, what do you got? What do you got for for overrated teams? You want me to go first? Please, one, uh, one up, hand at a hand bit of time for this one. Iowa, this is the easiest pick. Of oh up. my I, god, I was gonna get <laughs> for you I took the words right out of my mouth, man. So I like Iowa's really good. Let's let, let's let's get that out there, Iowa fans. You, you don't have to hop in my mentions on Twitter. You don't have to yell at me. I know how good you guys are. You're not the fourth best team in the country.
1: False. you're yeah.
0: you're, you're not that good. Like you 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 can't guard. You can't get stops. And if you can't get stops, you can't win a national title. You can't be a number one seed. And if you can't win a national title and be a number one seed, then how can you be a top four team in the country? Like that math just doesn't work to me, right? So like Luca Garza, unbelievable story. Deshaun, I don't know if I've told you this, but the first time I saw him play a game of basketball, he was a freshman at Moray in D.C. I was with a buddy that was an Ivy League coach that was recruiting one of the seniors on that that kid's roster, right? So we go to the game and he's like, you see that kid out there? And he points this like skinny, scrawny six foot nine dude that had like size 18 feet that looked like he was going to fall over every time he took a step. Like, you know how when little kids like we know how one of your kids will put on your shoes and they take a step (laughs) and like shoe, like whips and hits the floor like this. Like, that's what it was like when he was taking steps with shoes that fit his feet. He was like that dude right there is going to be a high major player. He'll be a top 100 prospect before he leaves high school. What and did you like, say? E- like, Stop fucking drinking. Like, what have you been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> you should not You should not be recruiting when you're out here this drunk. Uh, but, I mean, obviously I, that, that proved me wrong because Lucas, man, he averaged 13 as a freshman. He averaged 23 and 10 last year. Co-player of the year. I, I'm not – that dude works his ass off, can rebound, can score the ball. Can't guard. Can't the guard. reason he's back in school right now is because he can't guard. If he was, lateral. if he could guard, he would be in the NBA. Like he just doesn't have it laterally and lateral quickness. Yeah. As a team, they really struggled. I, like I watched a lot of tape of Iowa during this this lockdown, and there would be times and see if you can explain this one to me because it just it makes absolutely no sense to me. They would run this kind of like this this three two matchup zone. And they would have Luca Garza go, whenever the ball went in the corner, they would have Luka Garza run out to guard the three, right? To chase a guy out the three-point line in the corner. And this was the, the, the design of the defense. And then they would hope that one of their six-foot-six guards would box out on the weak side, could, could try to take away um, – offensive rebounds for like guys like Kofi Kober and guys like Xavier Tillman. So like the reason they kept getting killed in the zone, because you have the best rebounder in the big 10 running out to try to chase guys up the three point line while you had your six foot six shooter wing boxing people out in the post, trying to get a defensive rebound. Like it just, it was little things like that. When you don't have great individual defenders and then you have bad, like badly designed defenses that just don't make sense. Like I, I, if, you're, if you can't defend at a certain level, you can't win a national title. If you can't win a national title, you shouldn't be a top four team in the country. So for me, Iowa's much closer to like 15 or 16 than they are to number four.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. That was one of my picks, Iowa. Um, once again, Luke is really good. But to answer that question that you just asked, you're in a zone because he can't guard the ball screen. He can't help. Yeah. He can't hedge. He can't hold for a little bit. And because of that, you have to play a zone, which is strange because when the ball goes corner and he has to step out on the perimeter to guard a perimeter player, they're either going to shoot or go by him. And then you leave your team – like you leave the zone to a disadvantage. It just you're pulling your best rebounder away from the basket and you're putting one of your worst defenders on the ball at the same time. It's just – they'll be good. I feel feel like they'll be good within the Big Ten, of course. They'll do well. Um, He's been there for – for you he 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 understands the terrain i feel like most players you come back from your junior year and having a good year it's not or either you had a good year prior in general and you come back your, your familiarity with what's going on with the game the pace of the game it changes to you you kind of feel extremely comfortable you can do what you need to do almost do what you want to do in a sense depending on how good you are and he he knows what he does well he's great at ceiling he's he's a good He's good at uh, shooting hooks and he can fade, like excuse me spinning and fade away uh towards the baseline on the what is it the left block maybe. He's good at he's good at finding his spots. He can he has really good touch. So he'll carry the team. You know, but they won't finish at 4.
0: <laughs> so yeah. it's Like one, they, of one of those teams where they're one of those teams where like there are going to be nights where they win just because they score 90 95 points. And there's also going to be nights where they lose because they score 85 and give up 90. And that's just when you can't guard. That's just the the way that it goes. All right, give me your your most overrated team in the country.
1: My gosh, I got a couple guys that uh, I love from this university, old heads. But uh, I just don't see Michigan State being anywhere near what they were because of how much Winston did for them last year. And now they have a, a they have a new younger guard coming in to fill space, and and once again I heard he's very good, but you can't fill those shoes right away. And for freshman guard, for freshman point guards, like if you're a scoring guard, that's going to make it, it makes it even even more difficult because you're a freshman scoring guard who's coming to handle the team, <laughs> and now you're you have these big shoes to fill from this guy that just left who did it all basically for the for the for the university so like I'm I had to pick I had to pick Michigan State it was kind of tough because you can't I don't like counting out Tom Izzo's teams because he's one of those guys like Jay Wright you name it like these coaches that once they touch the tournament they smell tournament blood they can get to a final four somehow Mm -hmm. they they find a way but I just feel this year might not be that kind of year for
0: yeah, I mean they lose they lose Cassius and they lose Xavier Tillman, who are were two of the smartest uh, basketball players in in the country last season. Who were you had a guy that ran an offense better than anyone else in Cassius, and a guy that ran a defense better than anyone else in, in Xavier Tillman. And not having those two, it's just it's hard, man. Like yeah. you, you, when you lose that much basketball IQ, you yeah. don't just replace it with like Rocket right. Watson, Joey Hauser, and the other thing. Um, kind of to your point, like. They were such good passers and so good at creating for their teammates. And now Rocket Watts is a guy who's out there to go get a bucket, right? Joey House yeah. is a guy that's out there to go score. Who's who's facilitating? Who's exactly. creating? So I, I can I can see it a little bit along those same lines. My 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 second most overrated team in the country, Wisconsin. Their two best players are centers, right? In Micah Potter and Nate Reavers. Like I, I just. I don't know how that works. Like their, their their point guard, the guy that everybody knows on their team is famous because he takes charges. <laughs> like that's, that's <laughs> why everyone knows he takes charges. So um, I, um, I just don't know. The, the, the biggest thing is like, the reason they have all this hype is because they finished tied for first in a four-way tie for first in the big 10 last season. Yeah. Said, and so now everyone's like, well, if you finish first in the big 10, as good as the big 10 was, you're going to be a top, 10 team um, again this season. Well, the Doesn't truth is, <laughs> yeah, like they, they want, yes, they won their last eight games. Yes. They turned things around, but it wasn't like they played a murderer's row down the stretch of their, the their season. And they still started out the year. Like what was it? 11 and 10 in, in their first 21 games. So yeah. I, I get it. I, I think that they're going to be good. I think they're going to probably be a top 25 team. I think they will be in the mix Uh, for like at least the very least in the race for the big 10 regular season title. I just don't see them being a top 10 caliber team this year. When you start two bigs and your point guard isn't, um, isn't, isn't Cassius Winston. Like how, like, how good are you going to end up being?
1: I don't see them doing well personally, but um, (laughs) I've not, once again, Duke kind of fall. I said Duke, but uh, they fall in Wisconsin, falls into the Duke realm with me. Like I've not, not really uh been fans of how they do basketball as much. Like uh, this is before Bo Ryan. This is a different coach, but more or less like that, it just the Big Ten basketball isn't not for you? It's not what it, it's not what it was. <laughs> 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 not what it was when Robbie Hummel and Purdue and those guys were jumping around. So like to have two centers as you're starting, I mean excuse me, two centers as your best players with no rhyme or reason how to get it to them and no help at all i can't see them really going too far as well either so
0: yeah i mean that's the thing it's 2020 right they're playing basketball like it's 1995 yeah and it's that's a that's not going to help you it might, it might, help it might you rebound work, it might work in the big 10 because the big 10 like everybody plays the same way we just we just talked about how iowa can't stop anybody right so yeah maybe maybe it'll work in the big 10 but um all right give me your uh your your last most overrated team My last most
1: overrated team I'd have to go with. And once again, I hate picking out a couple players that aren't there anymore. And it kind of makes it seem like the team isn't going to be as good, but I don't see Florida state being as good as they were prior. I just can't. I mean, Vassal did a lot. I mean, I feel like that team is it. It was. I feel like it's more of a. It was guard. It's athletic team, very guard dominant. But I feel like with losing a player as, as good as he is, like it. What can you do? Like I wonder how they will play this year. I, I can't see them finishing. What
0: do you do? You see them
1: finishing in the top
0: four in the ACC? I I, th- I think there's a path to them being able to do that because Scotty Barnes, the freshman they got coming in. Yeah, I think has a chance to be really, really, really good because like he can kind of fill two of the voids that they have because he's Which six seven and long. So I, I think that what you need when you're Florida State is like they just have like 19 guys that are six foot six with long arms that are athletic. Nick and they can switch everything, right? That's kind of what they do. Um, that's what Patrick Williams, the reason he got drafted number four, is yeah. because he was able to switch literally everything and he made a couple threes. So teams looked at him and said, "Okay, you're 18 years old." You're this. You're six eight. You're seven two wingspan. You're this athletic. You've proven us you can switch everything, and you've proven to us you can make a couple threes. Okay, we'll take a risk on you. Maybe you'll end up being the you know a uh, uh, rich man's OG and one day kind of a thing, right? Devin Vassell made a bunch of threes. Six eleven wingspan. Great team defender. Like that's what Florida yeah. State needs. Scotty Barnes is six seven with a big long wingspan and a really really good tough physical defender. So he can fill that role that, they're, that they are that they kind of lose with those two guys gone. He's also on the Bob Cousy award watch list because he's listed as a point guard
1: I say, and I he know.
0: plays as a point guard. So the biggest thing that they lost since they have all of these guys that are athletic to me, the biggest thing they lost was Trent Forrest um, at the point. I just didn't know how they were going to replace that. But if Scotty Barnes can step in and handle those point guard duties, then all of a sudden, like we're having a very different conversation now I think there's a very real chance that he can. I think there's like I I would, uh, I would not be surprised to see him be a top five pick in next year's NBA draft. Um, But there's also a chance that like this kid gets to uh, the ACC and he's just not able to do the things at the point that he was able to do at the high school level. Maybe his handles too high. Maybe he's just not actually cut out for being a point guard. He's just like a playmaking wing. So there's a lot of like ifs, ands, or buts there but I, I like let's just say that Scotty barnes ends up being uh you know a guy that can get you 15 five boards and five assists while also doing that kind of defense then all of a sudden we're having a very different conversation about florida state now there's no very guarantee good. that he ends up being that guy but it's it's i do think that there's like there's a way to get to the point where florida state is what we, we thought they were going to be. Does that make sense? It's very,
1: yeah, it makes sense. It's very hard. I just feel it's very hard for point guards to come in. Like that spot in particular, unless you have, unless you have the right team around a certain point guard, it's so hard for freshmen to come in and especially in the ACC. Yes. Like we, we saw Cole Anthony. Like it's like, we see so many other guards in general just come in. I feel like with point guards, unless they're just like, the stud of all studs, like, it usually takes point guards, like, a year to get scenari- like get situated and be able to step in and really do real damage in the league. Like, it's, it's very rare, I say, like, for the ACC. Like, these – because usually you have these Dukes, you have the UNCs, you have these other places. That, like, these guys, their guards are mature. They're usually sometimes sophomores, yep. juniors, seniors, like, that have been doing this for a long time. Also, five-star recruit. Like, these guys – it, it's very tough to just waltz in that league and just flat out perform right away. I'm not, hopefully he does though. Cause that, and that means it's good basketball.
0: Yeah. It could. <laughs> and, I, and we'll, yeah, we'll see like if he's actually playing out of position or whatever, but I, I mean, I, yeah. I don't really, for Florida state, like if you're going to tell me, you don't think that they're a top 25 team, I, I, I see that. Like, yeah, there, there's a very real chance that they're not. If you want to tell me that they're going to be a top 10 team and competing for the ACC title, like I, I can see that happening too. So I don't really have a, it feels weird to like not have a hot take on something, but I, I'm, yeah, I can't. I think, I think everything's on the I just table can't see
1: everything. it. So hopefully you're right, so wrong.
0: <laughs> let's talk about all Americans. Let's get into our all American teams. Do you have anybody other than Cade Cunningham or Luca Garza as preseason player of the year? Or is it one of those two?
1: Preseason player of the year. Funny, I just told you I thought. Uh, <laughs> then they have uh, my guy uh, Remy Martin as a, a chance to get player of the year. <laughs> he's a yeah, first on, uh, team he's All American.
0: The he's a first yeah. team pre, uh, AP All American. That's your boy. All right, <laughs>
1: but if I had to pick a guy, I'm really big on, and I, uh, I really I'm big on him. But at the same time, it's just it's a it's a gamble. I'm really big on. On um, Marcus Garrett, bro. I'm like really, really big on Marcus Garrett, mainly because you know what you're going to get from him on the defensive end. Now that you have Dotson and Azabuki are gone, they bringing a they bringing a freshman Bryce Thompson who's going to do some scoring, but the majority of the scoring is going to as far as the perimeter is going to be left into into Garrett's hands. Like he's going to have to add to his to 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 the scoring for Kansas and. What he averaged nine, four, and four. He's this what the best. Well, he was the uh, he had the most assist, the best uh, assist to turnover ratio in the league. I mean, he can pass the ball, he's going to rebound. You give him more opportunity with the basketball in his hand. I feel like that nine could be a 15 to 16 a game or more. And that four, those two, that four rebounds and four assists could be anywhere between six and six. Like that, the opportunity will be out there more for him being that you know, the, the the floor is open. Like, the the two main scorers, basically, in a sense, have are gone. He's going to have to demand a, not demand, but he's going to be given a bigger scoring role, as well as do what he does defensively. And I'm not going to hold you. If you look at everybody throughout the NCAA, there's not many really, really, really great two-way players. You know, there's, there's some guys that can guard. There's some guys that can score. There's a handful of guys that can go out there and do it both. So, I feel like if he went out there and just, you know, knock knock down a couple more threes, take those threes that he wouldn't have taken because Dawson was there, or take those shots that he he wouldn't take normally because as Wookie's gone, like he he has an opportunity to uh, be a player of the year candidate.
0: I'll tell you what: if he ends up averaging sixteen a game, then I think that Kansas ends up being like a top right there with Baylor. Because uh, to me, the biggest issue with Kansas is. I don't know where their playmaking is going to come from, right? Like, so much of what they did last year was, all right, let's get Dotson going downhill to his right, okay? Yeah. Let's uh, let's get Doke rolling off a ball screen and find a way to get him a lob at the rim, right? And I, I, I'm guessing David McCormick can probably do some of the same things that Doke did, especially yeah. as a roller, but not yeah. to the same level. Like, he's not as long and not as – like, Doke had a 41-inch vertical. Did you Which see that? Rare. That's a rare for, phrase, vertical. For, for, for guys like that. That's he. He might literally actually be Godzilla. That dude, <laughs> like he is. He is so big and so athletic. And David McCormick can do a lot of those same things, but he's not going to be able to do them at, at that level. So, my biggest concern has always been like, how are they going to be able to create offensively if you don't have that? Like the the if you lost the two best weapons that you had on the offensive end, and if Marcus Garrett can be that guy, then I think Kansas like can legitimately be. A like a preseason national title contender. So I'm I, I like that I like that call. I like that pick. Uh, the guy yeah. that I would go off the radar to kind of be like a sleeper for a national player of the year is Sam Hauser at Virginia, All right. fifth year, uh, fifth year senior, one of the most efficient players in the country. And the whole issue that Virginia had last season, the reason why they kind of like struggled was because they could not score. Now normally. They score, like their their scoring numbers are down because they play really slow. But if you look at their efficiency numbers and the advanced metrics, like they're always among the elite, like one of the best offenses in in college basketball on a per possession basis. Last year, like they were ranked between New Orleans and GW in terms of best offenses in the country. They ranked 234th. So bringing in a guy who is known as one of the elite offensive players when it comes to efficiency and Sam Hauser, to me, like it just, he does everything that the, that you need a four to do in the Virginia yeah. offense. If they're going to run that, uh the, the blocker mover, he can run off of screens. He can set screens. He can roll to the basket. If they're going to run their, um, their ball screen continuity stuff, like he's not only a guy that can come off of ball screens and create, but he's also a shooter that can space the floor. So um I, I do think that there's a chance he could be like a 17 point per game guy at Virginia. And at their tempo, if he's that guy, I think it makes Virginia a top five team. And if Virginia is a top five team and competing for a national title, I think Sam Hauser is a guy uh, that could be in contention for national player of the year. Now, I I have him as a first team All-American. For me, I preseason player of the year is Luca Garza. I think, that, really? yeah, I think it's either it's either Luca or for me. So here's my theory. Tell me what you think about this. I think, the two, like, I think Cade Cunningham is going to be the best player in college basketball. But if you look at the last 15 years, there have only been three guys that won national player of the year that weren't on um, a team that was ranked as a number one or a number two seed. Do you think, can you get them? Let me see if you can get them. Let me see if you get these three guys in the last 15 years. That were what exactly? That, that were national player of the year that weren't on a number one seed or a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. Oh my gosh. One of them was Kevin Durant in 2007 in okay. Texas.
1: When I got that.
0: One of them was Doug McDermott in 2014 with Creighton. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Jimmer Fredette in 2000, 2011 yeah. with BYU. And all three of those guys were on teams that were top four seats. So if you're going to be national player of the year, you're either one of the eight best teams in the, the, the best player on one of the eight best teams in the country, or you're one of the you're the best player on one of the um, 16 best teams in the country that puts up insane numbers, and I just don't think Oklahoma State is going to be good enough for Cade Cunningham to be in that conversation. So, I think he's the best player in college basketball. I would give Luca Garza the National Player of the Year award because just for me, like winning, like you got to be on a win. The most important stat in college basketball is winning. So yeah. if you're if, if you're not on a team that can win, then I just don't I can't put you as player of the year.
1: Cade, I'm looking forward to watching him play though.
0: Oh, he's so Ma- good!
1: Like he's I got so a chance good. to watch him. You know, I, my first time actually seeing him play was uh, watching him play against uh, Jalen Suggs actually, <laughs> and uh, and uh, Chet Holmgren. Right. Uh those guys played at uh, I think it was their uh, the AU tournament uh, in Vegas. It's like interesting. Like I, you read about him and you check, like you get a chance to see him play, and the biggest thing that jumps out of me about his game is his maturity, bro. Like his, his, like, he's so poised. He doesn't do anything. He can't do like, regardless of what everybody's doing around him. Like, you know, you've played a before. If mm-hmm. guys are like, you, you know, when guys are getting up jump shots, getting up all kinds of wild shots, it can be contagious from time to time. Not him like Suggs. And these guys are getting up deep threes. They're playing to the crowd. They're having a good time, which is fun. And Caden standing in his lane, man. He's, coming off ball screens, getting to the mid-range, my guy, and knocking down mid-range shots, getting to the cup, pull up, catch and shoot threes. He just – he plays his game. He doesn't try to do anything crazy. He's not the most athletic guy, but he still can get over there and punch it on you as well. Yep. Like, strong. He's a big boy, 220. Like, he's not like – he's not he's not a light guy. So, I'm excited. I think putting him, Isaac likely, granted they lost a lot. The team has lost a lot. They have a lot of issues going on. But the bright spot is that he's going to probably be one of the best backcourts in in uh, in the country and having somebody like him. And I think they have another like a four star uh forward on their team as well. Just having Man, somebody um, to get the ball to
0: Matthew, Matthew, Alexander Moncrief. I think he's Moncrief,
1: Moncrief, Moncrief. To- yeah, Moncrief.
0: Having somebody I, I, get the Isn't ball he key. related to like Nikhil Alexander Walker and Shea Gilgis Alexander? The, the I There's think the that have like There's Alexander and a hyphen are There's all. Hy-
1: <laughs> you lost me after the third hyphen. I was <laughs> gone. I had, I had nothing for you. No, nah, but yeah, serious. I think putting him in that scenario where he's going to have an opportunity to one play his game, uh, just go out there and hoop. Two, he'll have somebody next to him that is just as good just as good if well, not just as good, but you know, he's a good basketball player in his own right. Yeah. And as a op, and an option as well. So you can help, you know, facilitate and so on and so forth. That's going to be great for him. Not to mention, they're not going to be playing in the tournament. So unlike the pressures that all these other guys will have in the future, Kay will go out there hoop. He has a, however long the season going to be, he has a season to play and he doesn't have to worry about the pressures of, uh, the NCAA tournament. So that would, uh, Help which, him is, out further.
0: which is bullshit, by the way. <laughs> it's like it's, it's almost like you know bullshit. he's the
1: number one. He's the number one player, to possibly to get get picked in the draft next year. If he comes out has good numbers and friggin' you know shows that he can pass the ball and has a high level IQ on the court in college games, he has nothing to worry about. He's just gonna sh- stroll after the, his last regular season game or the the conference tournament. My man is going to uh, prepare for the draft. Amazing. He's going straight straight
0: to the number one pick. First guy to meet out.
1: like this might be one of the if he gets the number one pick, this might be like one of those the walk through like the easiest number one pick. Like you could walk through him. Oh yeah, not to take anything oh, yeah. away from him because he's great. But is that that's interesting to think about?
0: Yeah, um, I'm not. This is that we're talking ball in this podcast, so I'm not going to get into my rant about why Oklahoma State <laughs> got absolutely screwed. <laughs> But it is very complete, much so. total bullshit that they're not playing in this year's NCAA tournament. That's that's, that's a different podcast for a different time. All right, yeah, real quick that's for a
1: different time, bro.
0: So so real quick before we get out of here, we got like two minutes left. So um I'm just gonna roll my my first team All Americans, your guy Jared Butler down at Baylor, Io DeSumo at Illinois, I got Cade Cunningham, Oklahoma State, obviously Sam Hauser with uh, Virginia, and Luca Garza at Iowa. Who do you have for first team All Americans?
1: Cade. Marcus Garrett, I have um where's my guy? Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I have him there. I love mm-hmm. him. I feel like he's gonna do something extremely great this year. He was big, he's freshman of the year last year. I expect him to like rise above that even more. And uh Luca, yeah, Luca, he's he's, he's there at the uh, fast spot. Like
0: Yeah, so Jeremiah Robinson Earl was just a guest on the Blue Blood on the Mainline podcast on Villanova with our guy, Jason Frazier. Uh, My second team All-Americans, Marcus Zagorowski at Creighton, Colin Gillespie, the point guard at Villanova, your boy, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Corey Kisper at Gonzaga, and BJ Boston, the freshman at Kentucky. Who do you got second team? All right, I have uh,
1: my man from Creighton, Marcus Zagorowski. I got him (laughs) up there. I have fuck where's my guy remy martin i gotta keep him up there Two guard i have ron harper jr i think ron harper is going to be good for Rutgers this year um and colin gillespie i think colin Gillespie's is gonna be good bro i, mm-hmm. I, feel, I have a feeling colin gillespie is gonna be good it's not really many bigs that impress me though so i gotta go with guards <laughs> so, okay. the guards so- are good this year
0: so uh, trivia time for you. Marcus Zigarowski has an older brother that plays in the NBA right now. Do you know who what his name is? You know who it is? No. Michael Carter Williams, another hyphen for you. Anybody that's got a hyphen in their last name is related to <laughs> Dude, that would throw y'all. Explain huh? the lineage
1: and how, explain how that like how I don't did know. they I don't know.
0: <laughs> that's like that's like Yeah, I don't I don't know how that one works. So um, third team all Americans for me, Marcus Garrett. Uh, Kansas. I got Chris Smith, UCLA. Yeah. And then I got the bigs. I think there's a lot of good bigs in that kind of third team all American range. Garrison Brooks, of North Carolina, Trace Jackson, Davis at Indiana, who by the way, was just on AJ Guyton's house of Hoosier podcast. Also a part of the field of 68 media network. And then Evan Mobley, the freshman at USC. What do you got for 13 team,
1: Uh, let me see. Let me let him. Mind. Yep. Oscar. Sheboy, my guy, <laughs> you gotta, you up you gotta for gotta a car Malone award. Double double alert every game. I'm what, wait, wait, wait.
0: What what was his name? Big Sheep, the sheep, big (laughs) sheep, big (laughs) sheep,
1: David Duke from Providence. I'm looking forward to seeing them. UCLA, Mick Cronin's guy from UCLA, Chris Smith. I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to seeing him. Your guys from Houston, the Caleb Mills and Quentin Grimes. I'm looking forward to seeing them.
0: There you go. There you have it, guys. That's what we do on this podcast. We talk ball. We will see you again next week. Sean. happy Thanksgiving, homie. man. You as well, my guy, Rob. You as well. Enjoy the family time.